Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. I watched our next guest on Good Morning America for years, and I still remember when he came to my hometown of Spokane, Washington, to help our Coats for Kids drive one year. Learning he was going to be one of our featured speakers for our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference, I was fangirling to say the least. Eddie Luisi and I enjoyed this interview so much with Spencer Christian, especially his stories of how he got into television news in the first place, which is pretty funny, and the joy he still finds in his career more than 50 years later. And no, you will not believe that he could have been in this industry this long. He does not look a day over my age, and we don't need to tell what age that is. But as a news reporter and a talk show host, a sportscaster, a weather forecaster, he's had a lot of jobs. And through them all, Spencer Christian has traveled the world. He's interviewed six presidents. He's reported during hurricanes and a lot of other natural disasters and so much more. And in this interview, just this little clip for the podcast, as well as for the entire conference, you will come to love him just as much as Eddie and I do. Yeah, 51 years in TV. It started in 1971 in Richmond, wow. Virginia. And then uh, about maybe three and a half, almost four years later, made a brief stop in Baltimore on my way up to New York. And then I was in Baltimore for about a year and maybe like 15 months when WABC discovered me <laughs> and made me the offer. And then I was in 1976. And then as soon as I arrived at WABC, I started um, almost within a few months filling in on Good Morning America for John Coleman. Yeah. Uh, and then um, George Morlis was the executive producer then. Yeah. And he used to, um, in addition to having me fill in for John on weather, he liked sending me out to do little feature reports, human yeah. interest stories around the country. And of course, because WABC is part of the ABC network, the local station gave me the time I needed to go and do these features for GMA. And then finally, in 86, I joined GMA full time. I decided I wanted to be a journalist, not TV. I wanted to be a print journalist. I wanted to write for the New York Times or the Washington Post. So I majored in English and minored in journalism. And um, the first job I got in journalism was in, in television news in Richmond, Virginia. It was really weird, too, because I, no. that's not what I was looking for. Um, it, you want to hear the story or should I? Yeah. Yeah, it's fate. Yeah. Um, so it was 1970, you know, so I was newly out of college and had just got married and uh, was interviewing with newspapers around Virginia, Washington, D.C. area. And a friend of mine who worked with me in one of those political campaigns contacted me and said, hey, um, there's an opening for a news reporter at the NBC TV station in Richmond. Why don't you apply for it? And I said, TV? I have no experience in TV. And he said, no one does till they start. <laughs> so... <laughs> Right, it's true. That's so, a good line. You can't argue with that. No, he he gave me the name of the news director, and I'm sure you're familiar with the, um, 
the TV character Lou Grant from the Mary Tyler Moore oh, show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This new director, uh, uh, <laughs> Doug Hill, was just like Lou Grant. He had wow. like a gruff exterior, but you could tell, you know, if you were perceptive, he, had, he was a soft hearted guy. And so I wrote to him, sent him some writing samples, uh, talked to him about my interest in journalism. And he had me come in to meet him for an interview. Well, the interview turned out to be a two hour conversation. We just kind of like clicked right away. And so then he um, gave me a, a long sheet of here, <laughs> Associated Press news copy to rewrite. And he said, I'm gonna take you to the studio and, and have you read this on camera. So I said, all right, I'd never been on a TV camera before in my life. I went to the studio and for some reason, this was all happening so fast. I didn't have time to even think about getting nervous, right? right I just right. I just went with it. And um, I got, there was no teleprompter in those days. There was the days when you'd look down and look up and look down and look. And so I read the, the copy and then he came into the studio and he said, you're a natural, you're hired. And wow. That's how I started. <laughs> you are a natural. Yeah. And, and you're going, wait, what? Uh, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, Rodney. See, you still do Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, I tell you, it's a rough life, you know. I told my kid about the birds and the bees. He told me about my wife and the butcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you so you end up now, you're like, okay, I was not gonna do television, but then you must have really enjoyed it. Oh because yeah. You kept with it. Yeah, I enjoyed it from the very first day. And it wasn't uh it wasn't because, oh, I'm on TV, look at me. It wasn't that at all. It was just that. Um, not only did it feel like my dreams, my career dreams are coming true, but what was coming true was something beyond anything I had ever dreamed. You know, mm. um, I got to uh, now remember, I started as a news reporter. This is before I ever did weather. Um, so Richmond, Virginia is about 25 miles from the little rural hick town where I grew up in Virginia. So at the beginning of my career, my parents could see their son on TV, you know, and my old high school yeah. classmates and you know people who had watched me grow up could could see me at the at, at the start of my career and it was just I just felt so blessed you know so I had been on the air for about two years doing news um, and one day the news director my Lou Grant <laughs> yeah came to me in a little bit of a panic he said our longtime weatherman has just quit unexpectedly. He said, and I need somebody to fill in on weather for about two weeks while we look for a replacement. And I had done a lot of science reporting. So he knew that I understood the atmospherics of weather, even though I wasn't you know, a meteorologist. Uh, and he also felt that I was comfortable enough on camera and had a, a goofy enough sense of humor that I could pull it off. So I said, yeah, I can do that. So I filled in for two weeks and still doing my, my regular reporting assignments. And at the end of two weeks, the general manager of the station called me into his office and he said, um, since you've been doing weather, our ratings have gone up and you've become quite a hit. He said, we'd like you to be our full time weatherman. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm a journalist. I do news. And he said, I do news. He said, we could almost double your salary. I said, I'm a weatherman. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's some some basic. Um, elements of of newsworthiness uh, mm -hmm. that that producers and bookers think about when they're doing assignments or, or booking segments um uh, oh one, one is timeliness right if if an event is occurring or someone is uh offering himself or herself as a guest to talk about a topic if it's timely if it relates to something that is current you know that people mm -hmm. are talking about now that's um 
that's part of getting more exposure. If you have something timely to offer, uh, something that's topical that you know is people are chatting about, um, a prominence. You know, um, when you're booking guests, right? Uh, you know you're going to get an audience if you book. I, I don't know Robert De Niro <laughs> right. or whoever's you know whoever's popular at a given in any given moment. Uh, Tom Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep. You book a big name, and that person is going to gain viewers, even if they don't have anything special to talk about. People are going to tune in just because they want to see that person. But if you're not a big name person, if you have something timely to talk about um, or something new, something um, uh, was uh, innovative. I was in the news in the newsroom one day. I hadn't gone out to, you know, I wasn't on a story yet. And the assignment editor said, um, we want you to cover the funeral of a slain police officer. You know, sad, you know, sad story. And we want you to get uh, a soundbite from the widow. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know if I can. I, don't, I feel very uncomfortable going sticking a microphone in the face of a grieving person who's just lost her sure. her spouse um, and the father of her children. And it's, what, am I, what am I supposed to say? How do you feel? You know, yeah. I, I said, and I, I will not do that. So we got into a little bit of a, you know, <laughs> a little argument over this. And the news director, my, my Lou Grant guy, came out and he took my side. Basically, yeah. he said, mm, we don't want to be known for that kind of reporting. Now, if this interview sparked your interest, make sure to go to www.shockyourmediapotential.com today and register for our free virtual conference. You won't believe who else we will be talking to. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today. <laughs>